Hello and welcome back to season two of the Solid Talks podcast. Once again, I'm Sarge, your host. Today I have Richie here with me. I'll be hopefully debating some hot topics and uh, some of our own questions about the NFL. So, uh, Richie, I'm really excited for this. I like this new format of the podcast. This is going to be good. Hopefully we disagree on at least half of these. I I love to agree with you, but some hot debate is is definitely what the people want. Uh, So we'll get right into it. First question I have down here, this one I, I know has been all over social media, all over ESPN, uh, people are going crazy over it. This one is, is the Chiefs offense still number one in the league? And then we'll transition into if they're going to make the playoffs in a division right now that seems kind of unstoppable. Uh, I'm going to let you go first. We'll see how much we disagree. First off, I think this division is going to be the best in the NFL this year. Um, I know the NFC West is up there, but mm-hmm. personally I think the AFC West is going to be the best because you have, in my opinion, all four of those teams are playoff contenders in the NFC West. I think you have three teams that could be playoff contenders and one that's kind of a pretender. I think that, especially if Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be out, I think San Francisco is done um, because Trey Lance is very raw. And we've seen this year with the rookie quarterbacks, Mac Jones, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson – those guys just haven't been ready to play. If you include include Trevor Lawrence before his game against uh, the Bengals, they all look mediocre at best. So I, th- I think San Francisco's done that, but that's besides the point. Um, I-, I still think the Chiefs' offense is number one. I-, I do just because they do it at a level that I don't think anyone else does. Tampa, maybe their efficiency is on the level of theirs, but... The skill players they have, in my opinion, they have the best quarterback in the game, and I think everyone can agree with that. Mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the game. And they they just do it at a level that I don't think anyone else can come close to. And it starts with Patrick Mahomes. He is a cheat code. He is Mr. September until this year. And <laughs> like the reason why is because they keep turning the ball over. That is the mm-hmm. main thing. Like It's either their fault— it's either Patrick Mahomes having bad reads, which he rarely does. It's either the defense making great plays, or it's the receiver's fault for either dropping it or just not catching it. And so, if I can say something, I think yeah. a lot of people, I know there's been a lot put on Patty. I think he has four or five interceptions maybe so far, which, don't get me wrong, is not anything crazy, but for him, some might mm-hmm. say. I think mainly his issue is... Just being still a little naive, I think most of his issues, and even we saw this uh, in the last playoffs, especially in the Super Bowl, is he almost plays too hard. And I, I think that's the main thing that we're seeing is that sometimes, and this is a good example, he so badly wants to get rid of the ball, and he's amazing at getting away from a D end or something like that and not letting, not giving up a sack. He'll throw a ball up there and he'll get intercepted. So I think... That's something that especially he needs to work out uh, uh, with his quarterback coach. He needs to grow. He needs to be a little more mature. And I, I really don't think his skill level is not prominent right now, and it's not showing. I think his maturity just needs to get a little better. I agree with you, uh, but the Super Bowl was in no way his fault. He needed to play the way that he played. It's true. The O-line was just terrible. And I kind of feel as if there's a... F- growing out process for Patrick Mahomes in the new O-line with Orlando Brown, 
um, Joe Thune, um, Creed Humphrey, who they drafted. Um, I think there's still a feeling out process there for Mahomes. So he's still good. He's still very good. Mm-hmm. Best quarterback in the game. But I still think that he over relies too much on the two guys in Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey because they're so good. They're top three. In, yeah. They're, they're top three at their positions. Travis Kelsey has snatch hands. Like, he just grabs onto him, and he doesn't let him go unless the defense makes a great play. And then Tyreek Hill, he's the fastest guy in the sport. Like Dog. He, yeah, he is, he is amazing. And he just wows you every time. Like, and he is just – they both are cheat codes. Like, three main positions that they have, wide receiver, tight end, and quarterback, cheat codes. They probably have – the best trio in the game at that mm-hmm. position. They probably do. And the masterminds behind it in Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy. And I am very surprised Eric Bieniemy didn't get a head coaching job this offseason. I, I find that ridiculous. Yeah. I don't get it. Because I thought he was linked to the Jets a couple times. And mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, Robert Saul is a great coach, but he has very little to work with. But he's probably going to be the coach. And to me, Eric Bieniemy is going to be at the top of people's list. Uh, Joe Brady's also going to be in that conversation. So um, Eric, Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy have done a great job with this team, especially because you go back to 2018. Patrick Mahomes, no one really knows him. Chiefs are probably going to finish 8-8. Eight and eight. They end up going, if I'm not mistaken, 12-4. and four. Patrick Mahomes is the MVP, and he throws, throws for 50 touchdowns. And we're now here. He's the best quarterback in the game. They're a full credit for that because Andy Reid just did an amazing job with him. And people were wondering, why draft up and get a quarterback when you have Alex Smith, who is at least serviceable, to then trade him, and that's why. Um, but for the first four weeks of the season, they should be 4-0. They're not. Um, if Clyde Edwards-Hilaire doesn't fumble against Baltimore, they mm-hmm. win. That That's just that. And look, Patrick Mahomes was good in the Chargers game, but he had one or two mistakes that cost him. So... I look at it and I see two and two. That's not their fault. That's their defense. Patrick mm-hmm. Holmes is doing everything. And to me, I just think the defense needs to improve because if if it doesn't, they're playing like they did in 2018 and they have to win by scoring 40 points. And to me, I just don't think that's sustainable. Yeah. Um, I agree with everything you said. I even have down in my notes, the defense is failing them right now, and you can't look at their record being 2-2 two and two and say they're not an outstanding offense, they don't have the best trio in the game. Uh, I don't think that's fair, and I also don't think it's fair to put anything on Patty, even right now, uh, and not just to the end of last season. He's he's still been great. He's He may not have been just as great as last season in his first four games, but he's still just as great. Hill and Kelsey, amazing. I'm going to bring up a team that you I also think... Have to, you, you also have to consider in this that Patrick Mahomes dealt with foot surgery this offseason, so you have to consider that in, as well. When, If I'm not mistaken, Patrick Mahomes was dealing with nothing when they won the Super Bowl. That's just You have to take that into consideration as well. I think so. I don't think it was... I don't think it was huge, but I, I get your point. Yeah. But I want to bring up a team that I would not say will have the most yards, the most touchdowns, the most points scored by the end of the season, and probably will not outlast uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. But in the first four games this season so far, one of the best offenses, and this is a team that we all know has been phenomenal, this is an undefeated team, is the Arizona Cardinals. 
The Arizona Cardinals have put up ridiculous numbers in the first four games. They are number one in uh, in yards. Number one. They are at 440 yards per game. That is absurd. I find that amazing. The Chiefs are at 427, just, beso- just behind them at second place. Kyler, third in yards. It's Listen amazing. to this. This, besides D-Hop, I don't think anybody would have guessed that three players, A.J. Green, D-Hop, and Christian Kirk, all above 225 yards in the first four games. I find that statistic to be something that nobody would have guessed. Personally, I wouldn't have, maybe some other people. But this team is putting up points, and maybe some of their games have been close, and I think that's because of their defense. The Cardinals' defense... Maybe they're in the middle of the pack, but I really don't think they're anything special. This team has put up 140 points in four games. That's 35 points per game. Uh, For the first four games, without a mess-up, I think after you get to the three-game mark, if you continue this streak, you're going to be a great team. And one of the things, one of the pieces of evidence that shows this is 37 points against the Rams. 37 points? We all know how good the Rams' defense is all around, too. Uh, they have players at literally every position, and I, I think that Arizona has more targets and more keys to their game than the Kansas City Chiefs. They may not all be Tyreek Hills, but with those three wide receivers that I mentioned, plus James Conner, who, I'm sorry to say it, Richard, James Conner has been pretty much a stud for this team that I don't think people would have guessed also. He's got four touchdowns in four games. I think that's crazy. Kyler Murray rushes for three touchdowns in four games. They're putting up points. They can't be stopped right now. But the Kansas City Chiefs, their offense is still good. Through the first four games, I put them at number two, maybe three. I think the defense is just failing them, and I think Patty Mahomes is just as good. But the Cardinals, right now, they're my front runner, and, and they've played good teams. And that's really why I want to make that an emphasis, because we've seen more than any other season. In the beginning of this season, there are teams that are were 3 and 0, 2 and 0 or 3 and 1 right now that are not that good and have played bad that defenses. That are frauds. That are frauds. Yes, I think it, it's Broncos, really one of the most The Broncos yeah, the, are the main example of that. I I 100% agree and I I really like the Cardinals. Yeah, Kyler Murray is playing at a different level and to me it comes back to can anyone other than Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey make plays. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. Because I know they just signed Josh Gordon and he could play eventually, but do you think you can get like at least half of prime Josh Gordon? Can you get that? And does that make you the best offense? Can McCall Hardman step up? They drafted McCall Hardman to be Tyreek Hill 2.0. And on special teams, he's been that. He's been good on special teams. But it, it, to me, it just doesn't seem like Patrick Mahomes throws him the ball enough to make plays. And that's no way Patrick Mahomes' fault because Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey are too good and they give defenses nightmares. So to me it comes down to can the two guys not – can guys not name Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill make plays? Mm-hmm. If that happens, they are the best offense. And I still believe they are because no one has found a legitimate way to stop both of them at the same time yet because true. If, you, if you double one – one of them is going to be in single coverage, and if you decide to play man on man on one of them, um, you're just done. You're just done. And it, I, it, I think I think what you just said, 
I think what comes from that, the root of that, is is Kelsey's athleticism. There's right. very few teams that have a tight end that can do that that well. The only person that comes to mind right now is Waller. And, and Ki- Kittle. Kittle as and well Kittle. would be in that. And I think having that at a tight end is so crucial. You can't stop that athleticism when you have Tyree Kill. you got to choose one, and you can't on this team. Yeah, and the question of will they make the playoffs seems like bizarre because they're going to make the playoffs. Like, they're going I to. I agree. They are, they are the best team in that division still. Even though they lost the Chargers, they're still the best team. Like, that happens. A, an upset happens every now and then. Um, but Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes still. The Chiefs are still the Chiefs. But I'm pressing the panic button on the defense. Brandon Veach could go make mm-hmm. a move. He had the chance to go after Stephon Gilmore, who was just released today um, yep. at the time of recording this. He had the chance to go out and get him. Carolina swooped in for the kill. and Very quickly, be, which was actually yeah, was very, very quickly. And I understand Gilmore wanted to go home and all, but they could have got him. They could have got him. Would you rather play for a Carolina team that's on the rise, or would you rather play for Patrick Mahomes, Eric, Andy Reid, and the who was already contender. proving glory? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Super Bowl contending Kansas City Chiefs. So, to me, they can still do something. Like I know Jalen Smith is out there, and he's serviceable because I wouldn't know what their linebacker situation was. Because to me, this defense is significantly worse from their Super Bowl year in 2019. I, to me, I'm just pressing panic, panic, panic on the Chiefs' mm-hmm. defense. I 100% agree with that, I, I, and I think that's why they're 2-2. Two and two. Yeah. Uh, We'll go to the next question. This one hits home for me. Um, yeah. We have, can anyone but the Dallas Cowboys contend in the NFC East? And evident of last season, we're not getting a wildcard team out of this division. It, it It's not happening. We're four games in, and... Even if it's still a huge possibility, in my opinion, it's not happening. And I gave it to you last time. I'll start this one off. It's mm-hmm. hard to say, but I do not think that anybody contend can contend with the Dallas Cowboys. Now, this is because of the Cowboys' strength and because of Washington football team, Philly, and New York's weaknesses. I think the Cowboys are on a roll. I think Dak is on fire. He came back just shooting, shooting. I think... The defense is doing their job. Um, it's the same thing with the Cardinals. They may not be the best defense in the league, but they're doing their job right now. They're keeping other teams scoring less points than their outstanding offense. And let me talk about Zeke. 342 yards in four games, but that's not what's crazy. That's not the crazy stat. It's that Zeke has gotten that stat with Pollard having 250 yards also in those four games. That is insane. Just short of, let me see, 600 yards of rushing on this team. And guess what? You haven't even talked about Dak, C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, and Schultz. They're all on fire. They're all catching every pass that Dak gives to them right in the gut. This offense is crazy, and the defense is doing their job. But besides that, I don't think that any of these teams can compete. And I'll bring up one team that some people may think has a chance, and that's the Washington football team. I'm sorry to say it, but my Giants are not making the playoffs this year. They need more growth. They need more players. We need a very good draft next year. And Philly, I think Jalen Hurts needs to grow a little bit. They they need a better receiving core. But I'm going to talk about Washington here. I think if Washington played very well, especially on the defensive side, because we know that's their 
big strength, especially league-wise, not just division. This team could possibly contend against the Cowboys, but I'm going to give you one sole reason why not, Richard. One reason. Mm -hmm. Let me read you their next six games of their schedule, okay? Mm -hmm. They play next week, this week of recording, the Saints, then the Kansas City Chiefs, then the Packers, then the Broncos, the Bucks, and the Panthers. This is... A one in five next six weeks. I, I couldn't pick out a team that they'll get this win. I'm sure they'll get a win, maybe two. But this team is not going to win a ton of games. That's their next six games. And I think in the next six, if there was a statistic for it, that's got to be top three hardest schedules. And all of these teams have decent to good defenses, and then their offenses are just on fire right now. So I think the only way Washington contends with the Cowboys, I think this middle of the season is very crucial, and I think the only way they contend is their defense. I think you need to push your strength against these outstanding offenses that you're going to face, and on the other hand, uh, inversely from the Cowboys, you need to have your offense do your job. You need to push your defense and have your offense do their job. That's their only chance, but on the side of the Cowboys, I, I it's obviously sad to say, I don't think they can be stopped. Uh and honestly, I think when they get in the playoffs, I think they have a chance. I don't think this is like last season where three weeks before the playoffs, everyone was like, oh, NFC East doesn't matter. That's an easy win for the first round of the playoffs for whoever they're playing them. I think the Cowboys could contend in the playoffs, and we'll see how their season goes. Obviously, it's only been four weeks, but I, I, I truly believe if I was a betting man, I'm betting on seeing Dallas in the playoffs this year. Well... I just thought about something, and, you know, the, we all know the NFC East was terrible last year. Mm-hmm. Um, Washington won it with a 7-9 record, and, you know, I, I thought they were going to be an average team at the beginning of the season. Um, I, I didn't have them in the playoffs. Um, it just gets even worse because an average team now has a first-place uh, schedule that they have to play the Chiefs, the Bucks, um, the Packers, and they have to play Seattle as well. So... That's fun for Washington because I, I I don't think they're gonna win the I don't think they're gonna even they're not gonna be contending in the NFC East this year mm-hmm. and you know they're not gonna be because first place schedule for an average team that doesn't make a recipe for success Never. and the only reason why they won it was because a Dak got injured b Daniel Jones got injured and c Carson Wentz was garbage that's the yeah. only reason why they made it. Um, but back to the original question of the Cowboys. They are one of the most entertaining teams in the league because they they play offense two different ways. In week one, yes. it was against it, it. In week one, they shredded Tampa's defense. Now Tampa had some injuries, but if there was a weak link on that defense, it was definitely their corners. So Dallas took advantage of that, and that's something I don't think we saw last year from the Cowboys. Even when Dak wasn't there and Andy Dalton had some weapons and some members of the O-line, they didn't take advantage of some team's weakness. Like, they didn't take advantage of anything that teams were giving them. And it doesn't help when Andy Dalton was terrible, but, in games, but I, I think that's something different, and that's the difference between Dak Prescott and Andy Dalton, Ben DiNucci, and Garrett Gilbert. That's the difference between them, because Dak... To, to me, Dak is playing at an MVP level. To me, he's going to be the MVP. He's going to be in the MVP conversation. Mm-hmm. He's going to win the comeback player of the year. And I, I think through the yeah, I think 
through the first three quarterbacks that we talked about in Mahomes, Kyler, and Dak, all three of them could be MVP candidates. Three of them could be competing for the MVP this year. If Kyler continues his pace, if Dak continues his pace, and Patrick just doesn't throw any more interceptions, they could be in the, those three could be in the MVP conversation. And they do it two different ways, as I said. Their rushing attack is dynamic. Zeke is having a bounce back year, which I think everyone expected. Um, Tony Pollard has been a nice third down back, but he's also a guy that just shoots through the hole. Mm-hmm. And Zeke, Zeke is not Ohio State Zeke. He's not anymore. That's just a fact. But he is a guy that will fight for every yard, doesn't give up yes. on the play. Last year he did, and it's because Dak's injury, and they kind of had to resort to full-on Zeke mode. Now that Dak is there, they have more options, and it mm-hmm. opens you have up confidence. things for Zeke. Yeah. You have a good offense you behind confidence. you. You run better, yes. and you run with and more op- intent. And their offensive line is healthy. And they did what they did in the past two games against the Eagles and the Panthers without Lyle Collins due to suspension. That, to me, speaks volumes because he missed majority of last year, and they struggled along with Tyron Smith, and Zach Martin was in and out of the lineup all year. When you have those three guys there, you got a chance. You got a chance to not only pass protect well, but you got a chance to you know just manhandle people at the line of scrimmage. And to me, they... To me, they do. They look like the 2018 team that was very good, and they look like the team that almost beat the defending NFC champions in that year, the Rams. And to me, I think they should have been playing in the NFC championship game against the Saints, but that's just me. Um, and then you look at their receivers, Gallup, Cooper, Gallup's obviously injured, and then CeeDee Lamb, they're phenomenal. They probably have the best... Would you say they're the best group? Uh, Trying to think of who would come close. Mm, I'll just go ahead and I'll just go ahead and say they're the best wide receiver group in the league. And then, to me, the sneakiest guy out of all of these is Dalton Schultz. I picked him up in fantasy this week because he's he's just a touchdown machine. He is. Um, Dak loves him, and he's just a security blanket. Now he does have a fumbling issue. We saw that twice uh, this week, but I think with the Cowboys. If anyone can contend with them, like if anyone can't contend with them, they're gonna run away with this thing. Like mm-hmm. that, it's just simple. And could they contend for a Super Bowl? I'm not ready to say that yet. I, I need to see them do something because I need to see them do something in the middle of the season and towards the end of it. Because we saw this, I think this was two years ago, where they were three and zero. They beat very bad teams, and they finished the season five and eight. So. I need to see more of midseason Dak dominance, and I need to see Zeke eating the ball, eating yards, just at efficient level. But in terms of who can contend, I got a feeling about the Giants. I I know you don't. I got a feeling. <laughs> hey, I've I love this it. Fe- I've had this feeling about the Giants since they got Kenny Galladay and Adoree Jackson. I I got this feeling about them, and I know losing Blake Martinez sucks because he's so good. But I got a feeling that they got something in him. They got something in him. I, I don't know what it is. Saquon looks better than what he did in the first two weeks. Daniel Jones, I said that he was going to improve. The way that he improved from the game against the Falcons, which he didn't do much in, to the game against the Saints where he was lights out in, to me that speaks volumes. And, and, and not, only, not only that, an improvement from last season to this season with turnovers yeah. – 
which is the number one thing that people talked about and crapped on him for. Look at the improvement. Look at the improvement. Mm -hmm. The one thing that I will say that the Giants lack from what was an okay season last year to this year is I haven't seen the defensive dominance that they had last year. They They were a top 16, maybe fringe top 10 unit last year. They haven't played at the same level. James Bradbury hasn't been a stud at corner this year from what we've seen. Um, and Leonard Williams hasn't been living up to his contract yet. Um, to me, that's my only, to me, that's the only team that contend. I, I, I don't know what it is. I have a feeling about them. I'd love and it. And I, I, I don't think they're going to win the division. I think Dallas is going to win the division now. And, but here's the thing. If the Cardinals, the Vikings, or Saints, playoff teams that I had at the beginning of the season, if they fall apart, like, if the Giants can maybe, you know, fall into something here, they yeah. could, like, they could be in here. Yeah. I And, listen, guess what? We have Giants-Cowboys this weekend. Hopefully it's a good game. I honestly would rather not lose by a field goal, like, every single week than get blown out. I'd rather get blown out. But the last thing I want to say just for this topic is – I know I brought up uh, the schedule of Washington. The schedule of the Cowboys the next three weeks is one in three Giants, one in three Patriots, one in three Vikings. So, I mean, yeah. I, I like my odds here. If they go two and one, that's, you know, it's that, that could be tough. Yeah. Uh, but we'll move <clears throat> to the next topic. This one is my favorite out of all four, I think, that we have here. Um, and this one is the most popular this week. Everybody's talking about it. Cordell Patterson is he an actual threat to top defenses and this is something that has been huge in fantasy I know every fantasy manager out there is thinking to themselves oh my god I picked up Cordell maybe I I actually have a chance now or people are thinking oh my god I can't believe I missed this opportunity on a sleeper now in terms of fantasy I would say this guy has potential to put up numbers and be a good RB2 to three for your team in the terms of actual nfl football defense this man is not a threat i do not get the hype obviously i'm going to give you reasons why this player has only been good because of receiving i don't know if people know that because they've only seen his fantasy points but this man in four games has only one rushing touchdown guess what the whole team has one rushing touchdown in four weeks. It's him with one. Nothing special, way below special. But he has four receiving touchdowns, and the people that know that, that's what they're talking about. He has more pass yards than rush yards. And the reason I think this is happening is because Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan only has Ridley and Pitts to throw to, and I think defenses, not knowing at all that Patterson is something, probably not even knowing his name, have thought, oh, Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan only has Ridley and Pitts. We're going to cover them hard. We know that's all he has. So we're going to do something like a defense would with the Chiefs with Hill and Kelsey, and we're going to cover them hard. I think that's what we saw last week, maybe the last two weeks, with uh, Cordero Patterson. I think that's why he scored a lot. He's only had 22 targets. So it really looks like defenses weren't even playing against him lately. I think now... The defenses are going to know. They're going to pick up on it. And once he actually gets an outstanding defense in his face with huge guys that know he's there and they're going to tackle him after he rushes for four yards, he's not going to be able to catch anything. 
I don't think he's going to have the same success. Now, as an RB1 for your fantasy team, as I said in the beginning, I think he could be a good pickup. But the success that he has shown and the hype that he's been given so far, I do not think will be consistent. The last thing I want to talk about is next week. Atlanta is playing New York. They're playing the Jets. In terms of the Jets, I think all they have to do is know that Patterson is there and cover him against the throw. He cannot run. He has not shown that he can rush at all with any statistics or in any game so far. If this defense, the Jets defense, who is nothing special, it it still is the Jets. You know how I feel about the Jets, Richard. I am yeah, a Giants fan. Yeah. This Jets defense can just know simply in their mind that he's a passing threat now with obviously Ridley and Pitts and cover that and not just leave him alone in the flat, then they're going to be able to stop this guy. They're going to shut him down. I do not think they're going to be a run threat. And honestly, now that they've showed their cards, even though obviously they're going to have him do well, now that Atlantis has shown their cards, it's going to be, I think, easier for defenses to shut him down because they know that I, I really don't think they have a rush game. So, as I said, in terms of fantasy, I think maybe, I think it's a good pickup, but in terms of actual football, I don't think he's going to be something special. I hope he proves me wrong. I hope Atlanta finally gets out of this streak of just awfulness, and maybe they actually have a upset guy, uh, a really underrated guy that could, that could, I don't know, bring him to the playoffs in two to three years. I don't think it's going to happen. What do you think? If you're talking about long-term success, like, like you said, two to three years for them to be, you know, out of muck, like revamp their defense and all, I would say no, no shot in hell that's going to happen because um, I don't think Cordero Patterson has shown me enough to be like, hey, be a 17-game running back, be a 17-game flex option. He hasn't shown me that. He has shown me several things, though, about, one, his special teams – and about his play out of the backfield. And I, and it kind of happened whenever Josh McDaniels put him in the backfield in New England that one year. And he just said, look, we're going to put you in the backfield, get you a good matchup on the linebacker, and go make plays. To me, that seems like what they're doing here. And it yeah, seems they're giving like, him a chance. Yeah, it seems like they forgot about what Cordero Patterson can do. Because like, Cordero Patterson is fast. He is like... He's a great special teams guy, and he makes plays. So it's not like we're seeing something new. He's had this potential, and he's had this burst before. And we're seeing it again because we've seen it in spurts. Special teams is always there. His running is always there. And now we're seeing sort of like his catching. And to me, that is what I haven't really seen of him. His catching has improved. I'll say that. But... I will not say he's the main threat. He is a threat, um, but he's not a main threat. Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts, as you mentioned, they're there. Um, to me, I think Russell Gage is better than people give him because who else is there? And Matt Ryan seems to like throwing to him in the slot. So I like Russell Gage for that reason. I also like, as I mentioned, his special teams play. I don't know if they're going to play him on special teams anymore because of the success that he's had as the RB1. And, you know, where's all the Mike Davis hype? Because everyone's saying, Mike Davis, Mike Davis, Mike Davis for uh, fantasy drafts. And he's nowhere to be found right now because Cordero Patterson is just 
uh, skyrocket into the moon. Um, and then he, he is a journeyman, so I, I wouldn't recommend giving him a long-term contract. Like, if you're talking about a year after this year, maybe. But to me, he just seems to... He seems to bring splash plays everywhere he goes. And to me, that says volumes. And he's in an offensive-minded system with Arthur Smith. And to me, I thought Arthur Smith was the second-best hire this off, Actually, third. Third-best hire this offseason behind Robert Sala, Brandon Staley. I thought those two were great. Arthur Smith was third. And to me, they still have guys. Matt Ryan is still there. As I mentioned, Kyle Pitts, Calvin Ridley, and Russell Gage. And they're going to be in a lot of shootouts because their defense is terrible. Like, it is terrible. Awful. And he is a he is a dual threat, and that makes him so good. And to me, I, I'm bought in on a, his success for this year. I haven't seen anything to prove long-term. This season, he could be something as a weapon. But, like, long-term, n- not bought in yet. It, 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 and you don't pay running backs. Like, if he's going to be a running no. back, you don't pay him. You don't, don't pay him pay the big backs. bucks. You Like, if you're going to pay him, like, pay him, like, $2 million. But that's a little cheap for what he's playing right now. So, I, I don't know. It, it's I'm 50-50. Okay. I, 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 I think his success is due to the ignorance of defenses. I'm yeah. excited to see what he does for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. And, I, no, I think you're right. I think if he has success for the rest of the season – Maybe they'll be willing to pay him a little bit, has have him as a threat, but you don't pay running backs. Definitely since, not. Since, when it's since new. Pat's since Pat's not here to talk about this, do you think he should be worried about him this week? I to me, I, I'm I gonna would. say I, 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 I'm gonna say no. I, I'm gonna say no because it, it, it's truly unbelievable how much he's blown up, blown up with the hype. I think the Jets have gotten a hold of it, and I, I think they're going to be out for him. I think they're, they're going to be looking for his number. So I would lean towards no. Okay. I, I would say that he could have, that he's probably going to have an okay game in fantasy, like maybe 15 points. I think it'll I'll be say, okay. I'll say that, but it's a would-you-rather to me. Would you rather like have a linebacker on Kyle Pitts and maybe just some safety help? Would you have a linebacker on Cordero Patterson and maybe a little bit of help? So that's yeah. just me. That's and just for me. a Jets defense that's not strong, I, I will say it's, it's going to be harder, especially when they have a volume like they're showing I right would, now. I would say Kyle Pitts to me is more of a threat because of his skill set and his intangibles than Cordero Patterson. So I would focus more on Kyle Pitts and Calvin Ridley than I would. So maybe uh, yes. Honestly, I think that's going to be a good game. Even though people yeah, would say, the, oh, look at these teams. This, this is going to be a sucky game. I, I think it'll be good. Yeah, it's the 9.30 game in London. So yeah, three more hours of football. All right, so the last thing we got, uh, uh, as we change into this format, I'm going to want to start doing uh, you know, fun questions, fun debates at the yeah. end. I know there's tons of those in sports that are this one's the main an interesting ones. One. This one's an yes, interesting one. I, I thought of this. Um, here we go. This is... I'm going to set up a situation for you, Richard. Close your eyes. Everybody listen. Close mm-hmm. your eyes. Any quarterback you want. Pick the best quarterback, the most clutch quarterback. Doesn't matter. If you want Tom Brady, doesn't matter. If you want Patty Mahomes, doesn't matter at all. It doesn't matter if you want Brett Favre. Pick one. Chucks mm-hmm. the ball up. Ball in the air. One second on the clock. You need six points to win the game. You're down four or five. Hail Mary. You have a wide receiver open in the end zone. 
two to three defenders on him, on him tight, okay? Mm-hmm. Who do you want going up for that ball and pulling it down? This is a question of physical stature. This is a question of athleticism. And this is a question of intelligence. You need to know exactly where to place yourself to catch this ball. And let me just give a prerequisite. This is all time. This is not just of active players, all time. But you can pick an active player if you do think they're the best for the job. I've been going a lot first lately. Let me hear it, Richard. Well, I'll say since you said quarterback, whatever, I'll say Aaron Rodgers because to me, no one else has done it at the level and successfully more than Aaron Rodgers. He just hasn't. Kyler Murray did it last year, but that was like his first attempt. I need to see more of him. Rodgers can do it. He can just do it. He has Rodgers magic. He can do it. I will say, I apologize for this. I left out Joe Montana. That would be a pretty good pick. Just saying. Yeah. Um, But I have two names down here. I have two names down. Okay, I like it. One active player and one former player. I like that a lot. Okay. I'll do the active player first. I think it's DeAndre Hopkins because we saw it last year. He's good. Like, he is good (laughs) at that kind of stuff. He's good at that stuff. And it's a backyard football play. Yes. It's like he thrives in the multi-coverage game. He thrives in that. Like, I wouldn't suggest him doing that, but he thrives in it. Like, he can do it successfully. And to me, I just think no one can do it. Maybe Devontae Adams, but we haven't seen him do it yet. I think DeAndre Hopkins is is the best, like, wide receiver you want to throw. Uh, he is the best. And then, for all time, I have Megatron. Yep. Yep. I, I have Megatron. His size, his speed, his intelligence, and it's just the same that we saw his career, like, just vanish. Yep. I have the same thing down. I put one down. I put down Megatron. Megatron, Calvin Johnson, six foot five, forty-five inch vertical, one of the most athletic and trustworthy receivers of all time. So sad his career basically got thrown away. Uh, I mean, the Lions were god awful. Yeah, he had that was, it was terrible. Two postseason appearances, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, the man holds records, and as you said, you haven't seen it from some wide receivers that you may have picked. We've seen it from Megatron. We know he had the crazy catch that was compared uh, to D-Hop's catch against the Bengals. He was in triple coverage. It was very similar. He did it once before. I want Calvin Johnson. I think he catches that ball. And the fact that he's held all these records for the Detroit Lions, had such an amazing career with that kind of team and that kind of quarterback in Matthew Stafford, if he had whoever you want, Tom Brady, at the helm throwing that ball— I mean, it's caught yeah. 50% of the time, in my opinion. I, I I think the guy just has the best chance. And his career was so short, too. That's what yeah. makes it even more impressive. And I, I'm sorry to dunk on Lions fans here, but like, how does it feel to have two Hall of Famers and two of the best at the position just retire in their primes in Barry Sanders and Megatron? It just, yeah. It's terrible. I, I 100% agree. I, I'm glad we agreed on that one. Anything else of past, I, I wouldn't even know what to say. Uh, but I, I like your current pick. I like D-Hop. That was a crazy catch. Uh, that was a good one. 
we we really didn't disagree too much, but uh, I think Cordero Patterson was probably our our biggest disagreement. That's mm-hmm. the most thing I said. Yeah. That was my favorite one. That's what I'm going to be most excited to see. Uh, to wrap it up, though, Richard, mm-hmm. I am so happy with your faith in the New York Giants. It makes me so happy, and it makes it me it harder for me to sit here and tell you that the Pittsburgh Steelers are a terrible football franchise. Goodbye, everybody. All right, guys, so this wraps up Sellout Talks. Be sure to follow our Instagram, Sellout Sports, for top-of-the-line sports news and content and weekly upload notifications. Try to get us to 1,100 uh, followers on that. We had 1,000 a couple weeks ago, and, and listen, sell out to the moon. Subscribe or follow the podcast, depending on what platform you're listening on. Leave a good review, please, which will help us out to grow a lot bigger. We'll see you in the next episode of Sellouts.